big welcome to those who are joining us online. If you're ever in our area, we'd love to have you join one of our uh, services and uh, yeah, just make yourself at home. Church, can we welcome those who are watching us online? That would be absolutely fantastic. And so, wow, it is Christmas already. That is pretty amazing. This year has gone uh, really, really fast and things are amping up. Don't miss the Christmas production next week, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We're doing, we're stepping out, going to do it over three nights. Again, invite your friends, invite, uh, invite people you don't like even, I don't mind, invite everybody. So uh, the thing is, let's get God's house full. Let's get, they've worked really hard to put it together. It's an original uh, event that they write, just I don't know where they get their ideas from, hopefully God, and, and, and it's just, uh, uh, they're going to do an amazing thing. So what a great thing to get people into the house, let them experience a little bit of the environment. We promise no cringy factors or anything like that where you can just invite your friends in and they can have a good time. We're going to have donut trucks. We've got ice creams and uh, we've got lolly scrambles. We've got snow machine. You, you, you name it. We'll have whatever it is. So it's a great place. Don't just come one night either. Invite different people on different nights. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to invite somebody. Uh, and, and God heard you right now. Come on. <laughs> Some of you didn't turn to anybody. I, I saw you. But let's just, let's, let's really uh, see. Who can we invite? Who can we call? Who can we get into the church? They'll know they'll be blessed. I've even had people write to me from Bangladesh saying, is it online? They saw last year's one. They're like, is it going to be streaming uh, online? And so, again, if people are watching from Bangladesh, surely we can grab somebody from the Kabaddi Coast. Now, come on, somebody. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Okay, so uh, let, let's make a difference in people's uh, people's life. I know Claudette, she was uh, in last year's one and she still gets stopped on the uh, street and people ask, oh, you're the, you're the girl who was in the uh, play, Claudette's like, yeah, paparazzi, come on, take it. So, uh, I mean, yeah, again, it does have, you never know who ends up in the uh, services. So let's believe God to do some amazing things. So as I said, it's Christmas, it's that time uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and so, so I, I thought we'll do a Christmas message since it's uh, Christmas, a, a Christmas theme message. I was going to do something else, but uh, the message I'm going to preach is one I probably did a few uh, years ago. But as I was preparing, I just kept feeling this. It was like, do that message, do that message, do that. And I like wake up at five o'clock. It's like, do that message. So I just put aside, and and maybe it's going to bless somebody here. Maybe it's for one person here. I I don't know, and uh, I, I don't know if you'll remember it for whatever. But I, I feel it's got some good stuff to say that we can learn from in our lives. So just to say next week, although we're doing no 9.30 or 11.15, we are doing a 8 a.m. service. That is still on. I'm going to be preaching at that again, doing another Christmas uh, message that I felt God something uh, put on my heart. Uh, just reading the scriptures uh, uh, this week, it just something dropped into to my heart, and I, I, I think it'll be good. I haven't put it all together uh, yet, but I, I think it'll be something that'll encourage you. So if you can, get, get up, set that alarm clock, get up at 8, and let's pack out uh, the other auditorium and just uh, believe God to uh, speak to us at that uh, godly hour in the morning. Amen. So uh, we can see you there if you want to come. So I, I'm going to be talking about the story of the wise men, the wise men who followed a star reading from Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. Uh, it's if you've got your Bible you can follow along with it. The only the end passage will come up otherwise listen it goes like this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod Magi not Maggie I always think of the soup when I read that Magi <laughs> 
from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I love this. I love this. They, they've tra- I don't know how far they've traveled. traveled. Some people say they must have been firemen. How, how do we know they must have been firemen? Because it says that they came from afar. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, I saw So I thought I'd try. It's just a fireman joke. Uh, yeah, but, but we know that they came from a long way, right? They've been traveling a long way to worship him. And, and I, I mean, to be honest, as a pastor, you know, you gain, you want to fill your church, you want to grow, you want to see God do, uh, uh, do things. And it can be difficult to get people to come from the next street. Can I hear an amen uh, from that? But these people were so committed to worshiping God that they traveled, not for days, not for just an hour, not for 15 minutes. They traveled for months. Who knows, maybe even up to a year to get to that place. Why? Because they had a desire to work. How far will you go to worship him? Come on, somebody. How far will you go to worship the king of kings? It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together the peoples, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. He was being sneaky there. He was like really sneaky. But then, he, then it goes, verse 9, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, everybody say the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Everybody say another route. This is the word of God. Amen. Here we go. Now, we're talking about the three wise men today, and I know some people might have problems with that. Some ladies might be going, really, three wise men? Really, can that, how can that uh, really, really happen? Um, so is, that, is that possible? I'm just, just being honest. Some people struggle with that, uh, that idea. But, but again, so the ladies say sometimes, well, what if it had been? There's a joke out that says, you know, what if it had been three wise women who, were, who had turned up uh, there? They, they, they would have asked for straight away for directions. They would have arrived on time. They, they would have helped deliver the baby, absolutely. They would have cleaned the stable. They, someone else would have made a casserole and, and brought, or they would have brought practical gifts. And all the women said, come on, come on. But the truth is that there are wise men and wise women uh, around. And so we're talking about the wise men who followed the star to the house. Now, of course, in the Gospel of Luke, it tells us what the house is. The house is actually uh, uh, not a hotel, it's not some, some fancy place, it's not a palace. In fact, it says they went to the inn and there was no room in the inn. 
There was no place. The, pl- the whole city was full. There was nowhere to sleep. The, all the rooms were booked. Every hotel had no vacancy there. And so they went to the end. They could not get in. That rhymes even. They could rap that one. So, so, so they, they got there. They could not get in. And so they ended up in a place where animals are kept, where animals are fed. So they actually ended up in a stable. That's what happened. That's what the, the house is. And of course, that's a famous Christmas message. You know, there was no room in the inn. Always make room for Jesus in your house. Come on. This is your house. Make room. Tap your neighbor and say, make room for Jesus to do what he wants uh, uh, to do. A great Christmas message right there. And so, so uh, the question I'm really asking today in our time together is, what do you do when you've been following a star but it leads you to a stable. What do you do when you've been following a star and it leads you to a stable? What, what happens when you, when, when you get that sign from heaven? That sign from heaven, like this is going, I mean, I mean there, it was pretty spectacular. A star, like, you know, move. it's like, follow, follow that star. And, and, and not only that, we know that the story as it expands, there was the shepherds by night, they saw angels and a glorious heavenly, uh, hallelujah, you know, uh, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, pretty spectacular, pretty... What, what do you do, though, when, you, when you're following a star, but you end up in a stable? When, 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 and, and you were expecting something glorious, you were expecting something amazing, and you're expecting... I mean, you, it's like the star, like the angels, all that, and we're ending in a stable? We've ended up here. I, I was thinking something different, maybe a little bit more excessive than uh, uh, this. I was looking for something or expecting something uh, different. What happens when you follow a star, a sign from heaven, and you're expecting something grand, amazing, glorious to be waiting at the other end, and you end up in a backyard in a barn. So, ooh, this isn't what I was thinking. I want to ask anyone here today, have you ever had any hotel nightmares where you've gone to a hotel and the hotel hasn't worked out how you thought it thought it would. I mean, I, I, I'm talking about a day that was before Travago and before TripAdvisor where you could really uh, check things out. But, you know, when you're searching for hotels and you list the hotels in the area you're looking for, and we were looking for a hotel in Mumbai or Bombay, India at that stage, you always look, oh, two stars, three stars, because we're following the stars. So I remember that. So, so I'm looking at four. I didn't want to do five star, but I wanted, to do, I, wanted a four, I wanted a good, comfortable place. So I was looking for a four-star hotel. And so I had a friend I was taking to uh, India, and I wanted to make a good first impression. India can be shocking for people who arrive for the uh, first time, and so I wanted to really settle them in. So we didn't have to go five-star, but we were looking for four-star. That's what the hotel said it was. It said it was a four-star. They were ding, 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 four stars right, right there. So I was following the star. And, and, and so, uh, like I say, before Travago or TripAdvisor, so I couldn't really check out. You can only go by the photos. How many know those photos they usually are taken when it's brand new and it doesn't? So, so, so you can only go by the photos. And so I'm looking, looking at these photos. I was like, mm. but here's the thing. I'd actually stayed in this hotel a few years before. So I knew, yeah, it was kind of okay. I think it will do. So we flew into Mumbai. It was in the middle of the night. It was dark. And getting the taxi or rickshaw, I can't remember what it was. And, and anyway, we get to the hotel where it is. And the, the rickshaw driver or taxi driver stops and says, here it is. You can get out now. Here's the hotel. And so we get out. We get out. And look, I couldn't see anything. It was pitch black. Absolutely pitch black. I was like, where is the hotel? And as my eyes adjusted uh, to, to the night, I saw this big, like, concrete block there with no lights on, nothing. It was just pitch black, dark. And as I looked harder, I, I could see that the entire building was covered, covered in scaffolding. 
the entire building, and it had a little entrance uh, uh, there, and obviously there was a man uh, standing there, you know, wanting us to uh, come in, and so it was clear as we walked in that the hotel was under construction. All the couches and stuff in the foyer had covers over them. There was dust everywhere. It was clear that this this building is under construction or re- serious renovation, but guess what? We've kept one room just for you in the hotel. I was like, thank you very much much. And so we go in. It was late. I mean, we couldn't find anywhere else. We couldn't do anything. We had to make a decision. They, they, they gave us a room, fourth or fifth floor. We went upstairs. Thank goodness the elevator uh, was working so we could go up in that. We got into our room and I think pretty much we were the only ones staying in that hotel. They just kept that one room while renovating everything else. And of course, you have been traveling for 18 hours. You want to go in, have a shower, went to turn the water on. No water. Just nothing, nothing. So we're like, oh, we need water. Yes, sir, we'll get water down from the bottom floor. We'll bring the hot water up. So they're coming into our room, a whole lot of guys with buckets. Uh, uh, I mean, I was following the stars. It should have been, it should have been different. And so they're coming in, carrying the water. Then I said, look, while, while we're getting all that ready, can we get something to eat? Sorry, all the restaurants are closed because we're under renovation. Everything's gone. Everything was closed down. This was not what I was expecting. Anyway, we were so tired, we fell asleep, we got up in the morning, uh, and, and uh, again, I just thought, you know, I'd like to see what the view out were, nice and high. I opened the windows, and there was a man standing right there. <laughs> Hello, sub. <laughs> and, and, and of course, they're doing all the scaffolding, so all these workers are all over the building, and they're, they're, they're doing it there, and so he was on the scaffolding doing his uh, uh, thing. I just praise God I had some clothes on, amen, somebody. <laughs> he just praised God that I had some clothes on, come on, it's not a pretty sight. So, so, uh, 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 <laughs> it's just the truth. Uh, but, the, but, but the thing is, but the thing is, it was not what I was expecting. I was following a star. My expectations, the reality of what turned out wasn't what I was expecting. I was following the four stars. I, I don't know how many stars. I don't think I had any stars at that moment. I certainly didn't get any stars from me. But it was, it was not what I was uh, expecting as I went into that place. So what happens when you follow a star, the sign from heaven, and you're expecting something grand, something amazing, something glorious to be waiting on the other end, but all you do is end up in a stable? What happens when you follow a star and you end up at a stable, and instead of a palace and a king on a throne, you find a little baby in a barn? It's not what you expected. It's not what you anticipated. You were expecting something different, something awesome. And the reality is life can be like that, isn't it? God can speak to you, give you a word, and you feel, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to take the world. Oh, yeah, Lord, Jesus, thank you for that word. And you think you're going to do, you know, uh, I'm going to be doing my crusades or whatever it is, or God's going to use me in this. And and you end up, you know, five years later, not where you thought you were going to be. Life can be like that. Maybe you've had a year like that where you thought it started off and I made this and I committed to that and I made a New Year's resolution or whatever it is and now where am I? Life has ended up different than how I thought it would be. And, and, uh, you you know, I thought S was for star, not for stable. I thought it was for for, for star, not for, for stable. What do you do when you follow a star and you end up at a stable? Because here's the thing. The difference between expectations and reality, when expectations don't live up to what you thought they, thought they would be, the difference between expectations and reality is simply this one word, disappointment. 
disappointment. And I meet disappointed people all the time. People have thought, well, I thought God would do this. I thought God would do that. And, and I end up in a different place than, than, than what I was hoping to. Pastor, that's not what I was expecting. And so disappointment, disappointment, it can make the heart sick. When reality doesn't match up with what you're expecting. But the great learning of this Christmas story is what the wise men did when they came to the stable. Now, I want to give you three things, just three. There's probably 10, but I want to give you three things that these wise men and other wise men and women, perhaps throughout history, have done when they have come upon a stable or a place or a situation that isn't exactly what they were hoping or dreaming for. So you ready for number one? Thank you, three of you. Are you ready for number one, people? Here we go. Number one, when you follow a star and end up in a stable, the wise men, number one, looked for God in the stable. The wise men looked for God in the stable. They didn't go, oh man, what is this? They looked for God in the stable. Can I just say this? Immature Christians see God only in the good. Now, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the people in the last service. Go on, just to be clear. I mean, a, or in other churches or whatever. No, 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 you guys are, are sort of, but this is just so you can help other people out. It says this, immature Christians see God only in the good. Only when things work out how they thought it should. Oh, yeah, that went my way. And yeah, I just thought everything. I thought, yeah, that, but, but when something disrupts their flow, when something goes wrong, when something doesn't happen like they sort of, well, it's like, oh, where are you? Christ, some of you, some of you maybe feel like that. Maybe even this year, maybe there's been situations like it's like God. I thought you were going to do this, but you've done that. I thought I was going to end up here, but I've ended up there. And, and it's like God, God, what, why have Thou forsaken me? Well, He hasn't. He says He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll walk through uh, with you through the valleys. But you see, immature Christians only see God. In the good. They see God. And, and when, when they don't see Him, they, they drop away real easy. They're like that seed that's thrown on the, uh, on the ground and the worries and cares and troubles of this life come up and choke the, the, the word of faith that's inside of them. Because they can't see God. When, when it gets too tough, you know, it's like when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But they, they, and they get going. They leave. They, oh, I can't handle the God thing. So I don't know why God's doing this. I don't know why there's, why, why there's, there's difficulty. I say this. When people have a Christian life, and I've said this over the years, but I think it's important because a lot about modern day Christianity, even American Christianity, can I just be honest and say, sorry if you're watching in America, but it can be all about just what is good and what is blessed and what is uh, what, what, what everything's going my everything's going my way and life doesn't work like that. How many have discovered that life doesn't work? If you're honest, I mean it doesn't it doesn't work like that. That's just not how it is. And 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 when people say, oh, "I just thought I'd give my life to Christ and it'd be real easy," and and uh, listen, can I can I just say the Bible says it's a narrow. A narrow way. that The highway goes to the other place. You know what I'm saying? The easy way goes to the other place. It's a narrow way. Not a narrow life, but a narrow, narrow way. And if people say, oh, it should go easy, I, I would just have to say, what Bible are you reading? 
or, or are you reading the Bible? That would be another, uh, another good Because if you would read the Bible, you cannot come to a conclusion that we, we won't have difficulties, we won't have trials, we won't have troubles. You cannot, in fact, Jesus promised it. It's a promise you can claim. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. Amen. I'll receive it. Amen, Jesus. We will have trouble. We will have difficulty as we walk through life. Man is destined for trouble as surely as sparks fly upward, the Scriptures say. We will have trouble. We will have difficulty. But listen, mature Christians, mature Christians, tap your neighbor and say, I love it that you're a mature Christian. I, I, I love it. Mature Christians see God in the good and the bad. Romans 8.28 says, and we know. Here's what I've discovered. Most people don't know. I don't know. Christian, you, you expect them to know, but they don't know. But today you will know. It says, and we know. We know what? We know that in all things. Everybody say all things. All in the Greek means all. It means everything. It doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't mean some things. It doesn't mean a few things. It doesn't mean just when things are going nice or things are going your way. And we know that in all things, God works. He's at work. He's at work in your situation. He's at work in your trouble. He's at work in your trial. He's at work in your difficulties. He's at work in the good times. He's at work in the bad times. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who what? Who love him. Do you love him this morning? Yeah. About five of you. I said, do you love this is Joe. Do you love him this morning? Man, come on. Because he will inhabit the praises of his people. We love him. We, we, we exalt him. And he, we, we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him. Listen, who have been called according to his purpose. So he will work all things for good. It doesn't say all things are good. It doesn't say all things are good. I mean, we will ha have trials. We will have troubles. I, you have preached on it. You, you know we'll have tribulation. It doesn't say all things are good. There are many things in life that aren't good. It's just it's not right. There's, there's, there's injustice in the world. There's evil in the world. There's problems uh, in the world. It doesn't say all things are good. But he says he will work it for good. What does that mean? So that means whatever you're going through, whatever situation, you're thinking it's so bad. You're thinking it's too big. Whatever your situation is, no matter how big it is, God's bigger. Come on. No matter how great it is, God's greater. He can work in those situations that you're, you're working through and struggling, struggling with. And so all that to say this, we've got to find God in the stable. We've got to find God in that place of difficulty. We've got to find God... Uh, in that place, even though you followed a star, you might end up in a stable. Find God there. Listen, someone said this, the Christian life is a bed of roses. Thorns and all. Thorns and all. You can't, you can't just have the rose without the thorns. May Nicholson said this, and I love it. He said, a Christian should never let adversity get him down except on his knees. Good preaching right there. Don't your knees, pray to God, go to Him. Don't run from Him, go to Him in your trial. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher who was probably one of the first mega church preachers of the world, had a huge church uh, in England. He said this, God is too good to be unkind. He is too wise to be confused. If I cannot trace His hand, I can always trust His heart. We don't always know what He's doing, but we know who is doing it. God is at work in that. Trust His heart in that situation, wise men look for God in the stable. The second thing we can learn, is this all right? Is this all right, everybody? 
The second thing is we can learn from these wise men who followed a star and ended up in a stable that wise men offer their very best to God. They don't pull back. They offered gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They didn't pull back. They didn't go, uh, excuse me, I was expecting a palace here. I've got some serious gold. I've got some serious, you know, frankincense. You know, I don't know who Frank is, but anyway, I've got some serious stuff here that we were going to give it. So, so now that I just see, hey, I'm not giving my gold to this dude in the stable in the backyard of a barn. No, they didn't do that. They didn't hold back. We sometimes hold back. And when things don't work out, how we, we, won't, we won't do it unless it looks like I think it should look like, unless it, it, it all worked out how I think we pull back. You ever been on those sports team? I have when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was just, you know, where you want to be picked and no one will pick you. And, 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 and uh, I mean, look at me. I look like a sportsman, don't I? Come on. I mean, I was just like, no one will pick me. And I was like, pick me, pick me. Not pick me, pick me, pick me. And, 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 and no one will pick you because it's like, it's like, no, we want him. We want him. Yeah, but hello, me, me. Anybody, I feel your pain. I know some here that's really going deep right there. Be healed in Jesus' name. But, but they, won't, they won't pick you. And so, so, so you know, I, I, can I just say I'm no better as an adult? No better. I just, I should be sorted out, be a mature Christian. Or, but signs at men's camps and stuff, and when I'm like, I want to be on the winning team. Who, I mean, everybody wants to be on a winning team. But here's the thing. If they don't pick me, I don't know why, but if they don't, I mean, some of them I make them sit at the back of church if they don't. But it's just like, I mean, it's just, no, I love the people wherever you're sitting. Don't worry. But the, 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 the thing is, if they don't pick you, I, here's what happens. Sometimes I feel like I'm not on the winning team. Like I feel it, like, oh, they've got that guy on it. They've got now, you know, Neil's on my team. We're going to go nowhere. I mean, he's going to, it's just like, we're struggling. And it's like, you know, uh, uh, it's just, it's where, you know, it's like, we're not going to win this game. Uh, it's like, but a part of it, a part of it is you pull back. You pull back. You don't give your best, do you? You don't, you just, it's like, oh, oh, no, oh sucks. We're just probably going to lose anyway. So we withdraw. We hold back. We allow our emotions. We look at the situation and go, I can't win here. I thought I wanted to be on the A-star team. I wanted to be on the all-star uh, uh, team. Uh, team. And, of course, I always think if they haven't got me there, it's not all the stars that are right there just uh, on that other team. So, so, so I want to be on that A-team, but I would hold back. Listen, someone said this, and I think it's remember. What makes the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is the extra. You know it. It's that little bit, uh, little bit extra. They didn't hold that extra, extra. They didn't withdraw. They didn't pull back. Listen, emotion often determines commitment. How you feel about something, how you feel about, oh, are we going to win? Or, oh, I thought, that was, oh, they didn't go, man, I was thinking, you know, palace, throne, I've got some serious gold. You know, it's real heavy on the camel. I mean, it's just like, uh, we, we've got some serious stuff here. And you want me to give it to this ba- uh, baby? And I'm, I mean, were they even going to store the gold? No, they didn't hold it back. They gave their very best to God. Can I say, when you follow a star and you end up at a stable and life doesn't look how, don't pull back from God. Run to Him. Give your very best no matter where it is. You've got to understand He's leading you to that place. He's leading you to that place. I'm telling you, I'm preaching better than I did in the first service. I'm just, I'm just enjoying myself. But uh, again, we, we, we've got to understand what God is doing in the midst of those situations. Our emotions, we've got to be careful. Our emotions will determine our commitment. And when you're, when you're following a star and you end up in a state where you get down, things don't work out, you can emotionally pull back. Don't do it. The wise men. Turn to the person next to you and say, be a wise guy. Be a wise guy. Don't, don't pull back. Don't pull back from, uh, from those 
from those things. Be the best you can be. Don't, don't give in to life's disappointments. There'll be many. Don't give in to life's disappointments. Stop. Don't let life's disappointments stop you from giving your very best to God, to your family, to your kids, to your, to, to your, to, to your wife, to whatever, to, to your church. Give your very best. And here's number three. Wise men who follow a star and end up at a stable. Number three, they don't underestimate the little things. They don't underestimate the little things. They followed the star and ended up at a stable with a mum and a baby. Not what they're expecting. Not some great king in a palace. Remember, just before, they'd just been meeting with the king, King Herod. I mean, they were those type of guys. They moved in those type of, you know, big people circles. And they come to a stable, backyard, barn. But don't underestimate the little things. The wise men did not underestimate the little things. In fact, the Bible tells us don't do that in Zechariah 4 verse 10 in the New International Version. It's like real serious. There it go. Who dares despise the day of small things? Who dares? Talking like a pirate. Who dares despise the day of small things? It says don't do it. Don't do it. Don't despise the day of small things, small beginnings. Someone said this, and I love it. It says, we fancy that God can only manage his world with big battalions and armies and soldiers and all that type of thing. When all the while he's doing it through beautiful babies. Everybody go, ah. When wrong wants writing or truth wants preaching, God sends a baby into the world to do it. Whether it's a Moses, an Esther, a David, a Daniel, a Martin Luther, a Nelson Mandela, a Ben, a Natalie, a Kyle, whatever it is, God will use a Laurie, whatever it is, a Jacob, whatever it is, God will use different people to accomplish that which he wants to do. Sometimes we go, well, who am I? Again, just reminding ourselves, I preached on a few weeks ago, that all it took for a miracle to feed 5,000 people was, was five loaves and two fish. And in fact, it says in the Bible that they weren't just five loaves and two fish. It wasn't like big loaves. It says they were five small loaves and two small fish. So we're talking sardines here. We're talking little, <laughs> we're talking little, we're little fish. But the Bible says that was a five plus two equals seven. If we keep looking at it in the natural, that's how it's going to be. But we know in the kingdom's economy, five plus two fed five thousand. It equaled five thousand. Don't underestimate what God has put in your hand. Don't don't despise that. How, how dare we look at what at what we have and just say it's small? The worship team can come. You know, they found Jesus, a baby in a manger. A manger sounds so nice. A manger. Really, it's a trough. So it's, a, it's an animal eating trough. Oh, this is, hey, let's give, give some gold to the baby in the trough. I mean, let's, uh, uh, you know, it's a place where animals eat. But they could see past it. They did not despise the day of small beginnings. They understood by the signs in the heaven that God was doing something. And so what did they do? They followed a star. They ended up at a stable where they fell down and worshipped him. They worshipped him. They gave their best. 
They didn't look at their sisters. Some of us are too busy looking around at our problems and all our stuff and all our, uh, all our issues and all the things going on. Hey, they just kicked me out. There's no room over there. I thought I was going to be in that team. I thought I'd be preaching in stadiums by now. I thought I'd be doing this. I thought work would be different than how it is. I can't believe I'm in this workplace. I mean, God, I mean, why am I working here? Pastor, I'd really like to be doing what you're doing. No, you wouldn't trust me. You don't want to be doing uh, uh, what I'm doing. People say, but I'm the only Christian in my workplace. That's why you're there. Come on, that's why he's put you there. He's put you in that place. I think I'll preach to this side because they had, uh, God, that's why he's put you there, people. For that very, very reason. They fell down. They didn't look at their circumstance. They fell down and worshiped. The Savior. And the Bible says that their encounter with Jesus changed the direction. They went on another route. They, they, their life was going this way, and they went on another, another direction. Understand, if you'd give your life to Him today, He will take you on another route, on another direction. Because here's the thing, wise men still seek Him. Would you seek Him today for your life and for your Situation. I don't know what you've had to walk through. I don't know what disappointments you've had to deal with maybe over the course of the... Yeah, but let them change your direction. These few moments that we have together, let God change your direction for the better. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that just says, Jesus, come in my life. And may... It's a prayer. The Bible talks about how God knocks on the door of our heart. If we'd open our heart, He'll come in and speak to us. He will dwell in us. This, this is our house. This is the, our, our body is the, the house of God. It's like the temple. It's, where, it's a place where He'll reside. He won't force His way in, but if we would open our heart, He will, he will come in. And maybe today you need to open your heart to God. Maybe, maybe today you're going, man, you know what? I'm just not right with God. Pastor, would you include me in that prayer? Would you include me? And that prayer, I need to get right with God. Maybe you've been walking with God for a while, but the relationship's gone cold. And, and you, you know, maybe sin's crept up. It, uh, it doesn't sneak up, it creeps up. And maybe it's got you, may, and you just know right now, I, you need to get right with God. You might be here and going, boy, I'm pretty bad though. I've got to sort stuff out in my life, friends. Again, this is the beauty of the gospel. He justifies freely. What does that mean at no cost to you? It doesn't matter how bad you are. It's about how good He is and what He has done on the cross for our lives, for our sins.